0: So, yeah. Pastor Scott and Pastor Claire are away on vacation, and uh, we're so blessed. And sometimes, okay, so, okay, don't, Wait,
1: wait, wait, Don, don't leave. <laughs> <I'm
0: not gonna, laughs> Stay right be, here, bro. I'm going to be sitting right there. All I'm right. I'm going to sit right there. Okay, is that work? I think that'll work. I think that will work. Okay, so, yay. So, we are family, and we know that there's a lot of grace for us today as we have grace for one another, right? And these. Sure. In these kind of moments? Yes, yes, thanks. yes thanks for having yes, grace for yes. us. Um,
1: we'll find out at the end if you really got grace for us. Yes,
0: okay, go ahead, my dear. I'm going to move that out of the way. Yeah. So. Right. Okay, so today we're talking about family relationships. <laughs> Yay, and uh, yeah, so you know, God has designed us for relationship. We are designed by him um, to be in relationship. We're designed for relationship. He never intended for us to be alone on this earth, right? That's correct. Yeah, so, and so so we want to just say, first, first and foremost, we want to start out by saying that we realize that the top of, topic of family is not always... Um, an easy topic to talk about. As a matter of fact, somebody told me that on Facebook this morning. They said, "I hate that topic," but they loved us. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. And, and I'm for sure I'm that. sure that she's maybe, watching, or maybe she's yeah. even in the room. But we realize that the family uh, that the uh, family can bring up great pain for many people. It can bring up um, great joy for many people. And then sometimes it's somewhere in the middle. And so we understand that. And we want you to know that we understand that. And our hope today and our prayer today is that you will hear this message from a place of encouragement. And that you'll walk away with some sort of hope that you can take into your family. When you go home, take to your family to um, allow God to minister to you ways that you might be able to improve your family relationships. Yeah,
1: and as Kathleen said, and I just want to reiterate that, you know, some of you may not have a healthy relationship with your biological family. However, uh, this is not just about your biological family. Family is not just biological. And we want you to know that the people that are closest to you are family. Your community, your family, people that have your back, the people you go to at crunch time, those are the people that are in your family. Mm -hmm. And there are are people that are in your community, might be your partner, might be, um, you know, where you work. But we want you to know that family is bigger than just biological. Mm -hmm. It is all of us Mm -hmm. together. And if, if there's one thing that we want to make sure you're clear of today is that God's family is... Is outside of blood. It's his blood that makes us
0: all family. Yeah, and it's yes, and that's awesome. And I was talking to Jules and Deb this morning before service, and they taught me a new word, and it's called Framley. And I thought, that's beautiful, because those two families just took a vacation together. They're not blood, but they're family. So it's friend and family combination. And family. So, isn't that a great word? Thank you for teaching me that word today, because that goes to exactly what you're saying. Sure. So, what we're going to share today translates to every relationship in our lives, every re- relationship that we have. Right? It translates. And so, we just want to. Sean and I are going to speak to you today from the position of um, our family. Yes. So, Sean and I have been married 39 years in a couple of weeks. Yes. Quite an accomplishment. Yes. Um, so 39 years we've been married, we have four children, we have six grandchildren, and we just have a great family, and I want to show you a picture of our family, and we took this picture just um, just in June, uh, Father's Day, my mom and dad are right there in the center, and so you have our children, and uh, their spouses, and our grandchildren, and somehow we all got together um, on Father's Day, and we... We uh, took this beautiful picture with my mom and dad, and so that's our family. So and, wait,
1: wait, okay. before you push that, okay. just want you to know, don't just, just look at that picture and say, oh, what a, that's just a wonderful, beautiful family. Look at how beautiful that family is, yeah. right? Look at, they're all happy, smiles, everything. I just want you to see that that's not always the
0: case. So see, so this is also us. <laughs> So you see, um, it's not, you know, you've got my daughters on the one side, one of them needs another drink. And uh, then we have uh, a couple of my granddaughters wanting to just, you know, choke somebody. My son-in-laws, uh, well, and let, you see the guy that's behind me that looks like he's gonna get violent or something that's my wannabe grand uh son-in-law wannabe son-in-law he wants to marry my daughter but now that I see what he does behind my back I don't know if I'm gonna let him and he's watching right now Lee so so I see what you do behind my back sometimes
1: (laughs) yeah and you you realize you see me right now you know why I'm bald (laughs) <laughs> All
0: right, so. so we just wanted to, to show you a picture of our family and say yeah. that this is also us so yes. you can you know every family us. no matter how positive your family of origin is every family has some sort of dysfunction in it mm-hmm. no matter what and we see that right in the very beginning in the bible right with mm-hmm. the, the first family in with the adam and eve and yep. yeah the garden and so um no matter how, how dysfunctional a family is or somewhat dysfunctional a family is, the good news is is that the Holy Spirit can show up and help break cycles of dis- dysfunction and help bring the, um, the, the fruit of the Spirit into our family life, so that even in, with the scripture that uh, Shauna read, so that we can learn to live by the Spirit and not by the, the flesh.
1: Exactly. So every Christian receives the Spirit of God when they receive Christ and invite him into their heart. And so the purpose of the Spirit's work in a Christian's life, in our lives, in our family's lives, in our friends' lives, is that we want to be transformed into his or, or her, that, that God will transform us into his image. That we need to allow the Spirit of God to work in us and, and let the flesh and get the flesh out of the way. Amen?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so having the fruit of the Spirit in our lives is vital to healthy relationships. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, is that, is that we um, can have the fruit of the Spirit in our life uh, for vital any relationship, all relationships, because it builds Christ-like character on the inside of us. And so, um, like, like Sean said, that this is going to translate into every relationship, but I want you to be thinking about yourself, because, you know, we can't change another person, right? So some of you may be thinking about a family member that, oh man, that family member, I don't know if I can ever get along with them, or I don't know if I can ever forgive them, or I don't know if I can ever, so what I want you to do is think about you, Mm -hmm. that the fruit of the Spirit lives on the inside of you, and so this is um, where we want to work from today, is that you think about yourself and what you might be able to bring as an offering, as a fruit, as a gift, and so um, one thing we did say is that you said it in the blurb of our video we just did yeah. that family, family
1: is a workshop
0: <laughs> for, for the
1: for the fruits of the spirit yeah. and the fruits of the of flesh, right? So
0: <laughs> it's like, man,
1: you talk about God really. Yeah, I call it the test tube of life, right? Family, and uh, you know, you don't you don't get to pick your family. You know, God gives them to you for a reason, so. And uh, it's not always uh, peaches and cream, as you can see. So, uh, but I think it's the, the most perfect workshop, yeah. and it's imperative because
0: well, iron to sharpens exist. iron, just as man yeah. sharpens man. So it's yeah. cultivating. So yeah. what we're what yeah. we're looking at today is cultivating the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's important for us to understand the difference between the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the fruits of the Holy Spirit, okay? So the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So in simple terms, when you invite Jesus into your life, Jesus comes in in the form of the Holy Spirit, comes into your life, right? And so the Bible tells us that he gives us, um, he gives us gifts that are given to us. And the gifts are, uh, as it says in um, uh, <clears throat> Ephesians 4, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to us for the purpose of equipping The 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 works works of the service service in the church. church. To equip the saints, right, Yes, and so those are given to us. Those are just gifts that are given, and they're connected to your purpose. So if you've ever asked, what in the world does God want me to do with my life? It's connected to your spiritual gifts. But that's a whole whole other message. And we do that in our SHAPE class. We talk about our spiritual gifts. But today, Sean and I are going to talk about the spiritual gifts. So when the Holy Spirit then comes in, he also brings the... um, the fruit of the spirit, and so that is in um, seed form. And so, when you think about a seed, we have a lot of farmers in the room. When you think about seeds, you plant them in the ground, and you don't just plant them, and then they're a tree or they're a, you know whatever it is that you're planting. They need to be cultivated. They need to be nourished. They need to be tended to. And so, um, so that is. That's what we're going to be talking about right now, is that the fruits of the Spirit are seeds in your life right now. If you've invited Mm -hmm. Jesus in, and he's in with the Holy Spirit, so you have the seeds of
1: Yeah, and the gifts are given without repentance, but when you receive Christ, those gifts are used to produce fruit in your life, the fruit of the Spirit. And just like branches of a grapevine have to be connected to the vine in order to produce grapes, the fruit of the Spirit is evidence of being connected to Christ. Okay. And Jesus said it in John, I am the true vine. In verse 4 he says, remain in me and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and, it, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. So you need to understand that anything outside of Christ in your life that you work is of the flesh. It's just what it is. That's what it is. And he says, my true disciples produce much fruit, eternal fruit. We're talking about eternal fruit. The fruits of the Spirit that last forever. And we went through them and we're going to go through them for you. Exactly. And this brings glory to who? The Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm.
0: So we're, we're going to read. Go ahead and read. All right. Galatians. Yeah.
1: So Galatians 5, 16 and 17, 22 and 23. What I say is this. Let the Spirit direct your lives and you will not satisfy the desires of human nature. For what our human nature wants is opposed to what the Spirit wants. And what the Spirit wants is opposed to what our human nature wants. These two are enemies. And this means that you cannot do what you want to do. But the Spirit produces. God's Holy Spirit in you produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. And of these, all of these things, there is no law against such things. That's important mm-hmm. to remember. So you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to work those things in you. And that's not our nature as human beings. It's God's nature. So we need to let God's nature come out in us. And he uses the family as a workshop to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Our and, neighbor. And essentially, um, you know, in this verse 17 it says, we're led by the Spirit... Or we're led by the flesh. That we can't be led by both because they're a constant enemy with one another. Okay? So make sure that you recognize verse 17. And so um, the fruit is a byproduct of a surrendered life to Christ because Mm -hmm. it does take us surrendering. It takes us laying down our life to say, okay, I want to be more like Christ and less like me. So there we go. So first fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to go through these quick, these yeah. uh, fruits of the Spirit.
1: Yeah. So so the first fruit is love, right? So when you have the fruit of the Spirit in your family, you have love in your family. And the greatest of these is love. First Corinthians 13 says that, right? And that love covers what? A multitude of transgressions. So if we know what transgression is, which is sin and death, we know that love produces life for all of us. It covers sin up. It buries death, and life comes from that, right? All has to do with the seed. and So there are multiple factors and characteristics and manifestations of love. Here are just a few. Mutual respect, honor, preference, selfless affection, forgiveness, grace, mercy, and encouragement. Encouragement means to impart courage. I've said that many times. And we as family members need to create an environment of encouragement. All of the characteristics of love are always action verbs right take some action it takes some sort of action for example it takes some sort of action to wait sometimes you you have to wait that's action to wait action. or better said it takes action not to take some action does that make sense self restraint mm-hmm. self control right kindness gentleness that stuff so we're going to cover all that it's like biting your tongue when somebody in your family needs a good tongue lashing
0: <laughs> right
1: and I know I test my wife in this all the time. She's got to bite her tongue. So, Anyway, encouragement means to impart courage. Love is the selfless, giving, devoted love of God and mm-hmm. others. It's an active display and compels us to put others' needs above our own. Love honors others. It celebrates truth no matter how difficult it is to hear. Sometimes it's really hard to hear. It gives... Of self, even when it doesn't feel like it. Love doesn't allow feelings to dictate its choices. Love is hopeful, persevering, and trusting. Loving people keep hatred, apathy, and selfishness far from them and yourself. Amen?
0: Amen. Okay, next we're going to look at joy. And, um, Joy, uh, sometimes people confuse joy with happiness, but I want you to know that they're not interchangeable. So joy is something that comes. When you have God living on the inside of you, when you are a, a child of the living God... You have a joy that is resident in, on the inside of you. Happiness is kind of dependent upon what's happening, what's happening around you. And so um, it's important to know that they're not interchangeable. Joy and, and happiness are not interchangeable because you can have joy. Even in, uh, when there's adversity, you can have joy because the sure. devil cannot steal your joy. And sure. one of the things you may, if you know our story you know that when we showed you our family picture, you know that there's someone missing in our family picture. Um, And we feel it every day of our lives. There's Mm -hmm. always somebody missing. We lost our son Isaac um, in 2009. And so that is a deep sadness for us, always. And I still, at times when I'm as a mom and I'm going to text all my kids and my family, I still feel like I'm forgetting somebody. And so that will be with me. And I'm I'm looking around the room, and I know some of your stories. And I just want to encourage you and say that the devil cannot take joy from Mm -hmm. you, that he he cannot. And so even in the midst of loss and even in the midst of deep pain, you can still have a joy. And the, right. the devil will definitely want to steal that from us. Um, however, we want to have joy. And we, we cultivate joy in our family in ways that, you know, we take crazy pictures like this. Hmm. We have family dinners. We have family vacations. We look for ways to celebrate one another, to honor one another. One of the things that we do in our family um, is when it's the birthday person, uh, when they're having a birthday, we have a family dinner always. And what we do is we, we, um, we, around the table while we're eating, we have the opportunity to share with one another or share with the birthday person what we love about you and what we appreciate about you. Mm-hmm. And it's just a beautiful way to encourage one another, to build one another up, because, you know, sometimes if we don't do that... Um,
1: they don't know it.
0: They won't hear it because they're not going to hear it from the world. And right. so, um, so joy. So the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, and that leads us to peace.
1: Yeah. And just a quick tidbit about celebrating. We make it intentional. As hard as it is for the person to receive it at times because the world beats them up, we make it intentional to look right at them, mm. to look right at them and tell them what we love about them. And I'll tell you, it's interesting to watch. Just the life come into your family when you do that, so we encourage you, and you can do that to your friends, your coworkers. we encourage you to do that, celebrate them so peace when you have the fruit of the spirit in your family, you have peace. peace is not, and I want you to listen to this closely. peace is not the absence of conflict, but having the spiritual ability to fear not in the conflict, or as well. Not to overact out of fear in the conflict. At the end of the day, the essential objective that you possess is this eternal perspective. This, this eternal perspective, much like joy, right? That even though troubles come, fear not. Jesus has overcome those troubles for us. Therefore, be a peacemaker, right? Be a peacemaker, a mediator, and work through conflict without being afraid, having difficult conversations, no matter what the temperature, or the current conditions are. And trust me, they change like that in our lives. Do they not? Even if hell is breaking loose, be at peace. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled And do not let them be afraid. Don't let your hearts be afraid. Fear is your enemy. And God says, fear not. Mm -hmm. Right? Amen. Amen. Romans 12 says, if it's possible up to you, If if it's truly possible up to you, you live at peace with all men. Right? Through the Spirit of God. You live at peace with all men. And that's how we do it. Right? That's how we do it. We strive for that. Amen. And that
0: kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about um, not thinking about your family member, not thinking about someone else, but thinking about yourself. As much as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. And it's okay if, um, you know, it, that doesn't mean that the relationship is going to change, right? But we know that we can stand before God saying, it, you know, I am offering myself. In this relationship, I am, I am willing to lay down my own agenda to defer to another person mm-hmm. so that I can bring peace to this relationship, but that doesn't always mean it's going to do that. So we're not saying that, you know, to stay in a dysfunctional relationship, mm-hmm. but as much as it depends upon you, you want to be at peace. With Your them. spirit
1: needs to be at peace no mm-hmm. matter what. That's what you can control through the gifts and the fruits of the spirit is yeah. peace. You can control that. So remember that.
0: And so then that takes us to patience. Mm-hmm. And so patience, oh man, this is, uh, many find that patience is the most difficult fruit yeah. of the Spirit to work Amen. on. I know for me it is. It is, it is, it's hard and it's it's difficult to, um, it's difficult to uh, master patience because we are. Um, because she lives with me. <laughs> Let's be honest about it. I think we give that, that gift to one another, the, yeah. the ability to, yeah, to God, work God. on patience. But um, because we naturally put ourselves first, right? I mean, that's just the natural way. And Galatians 5 tells us that. And we didn't go into the whole first part of Galatians. Uh, of chapter five, but read chapter five in the beginning because it talks about the, uh, the works of the flesh and kind of what gets in our way and what's at, um, you know, an enemy with one another. So family gives us a lot of practice. And impatient people, uh, we know that impatient people, they're not great listeners, are they? So impatient people, they're always wanting to do the next thing. So if you're trying to talk to per- a person who's impatient... They're either already formulating their answer or they're thinking about what they're going to be doing next, and so they're not patient listeners. And so this is something that I am working on, and and especially in our families. If we can practice... Uh, and cultivate the fruit of patience, it helps us to communicate more effectively with one another, right? Because we have open ears. We have an open heart. We can listen. um, And we can be genuinely curious about um, our friends and our family. When we listen, then we can accept people where they're at, right? Because we're not trying to uh, change people into our own image. We are trying to build relationships. And so that is, um, it's really important that we learn to cultivate that so that we can listen, we can be open, um, so that we can accept one another. And one of my favorite scriptures um, with patience, and because it's something I constantly have to work at, Psalm 37 7 is my favorite scripture on patience, and it's my breath prayer as well. And it's um, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Because I. You know, I want to do it myself, right? People who, have, um, who, have, who struggle with patience, they want to do it themselves. So this scripture is really uh, helpful for me. So when we can practice patience, then we are also, it moves right into kindness, which mm. is Amen. next.
1: Yeah, it's imperative that uh, true kindness is compassionate. It's, a, it's an act of compassion. So it's a heart attitude. It's something that you carry with you. And it's an action verb, like I said earlier, in love. And when we're compassionate, we are kind. And kindness forgives. Knowing, first of all, we're forgiving. It helps us to be kind when we know we're forgiven. Mm -hmm. That nobody's perfect, not even you, not even me. (laughs) So it's imperative. And we build trust by being true to our word and being kind. And it's important that um, you're able to stay at the, the table of the family and show kindness long enough to understand that there are differences, that every family member is different. And it it, it causes you to practice the fruits of the Spirit. So when you listen to the Scripture in Galatians, it's amazing how much one piece of fruit of the Spirit causes another piece of the fruit to be challenged and grow. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? In us. So it's imperative that we do that. So, so kindness involves forgiveness and acceptance. You've got to accept each other, who we are. Nobody's perfect, like I said. And one more thing about kindness. okay? It involves a spiritual ability to understand, even though someone exists in your family, that you think you know, you don't know their whole backstory. There's always a deeper story. Something deeper. You're not with them 24-7. Even your spouse, even your mother and your father, their origin, what they've experienced, their experiences, their troubles, your nieces, your nephews, your grandchildren, you are not with them. God is with them. They're with themselves, correct? But you're not with them. You know your stuff, so when you look at your own stuff, you know that they got stuff and you need to show kindness to them. You need to through the eyes of compassion and empathy, amen?
0: Amen. 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 So that leads us to goodness. So goodness is, uh, God is the epitome of goodness, right? Because goodness is, there's all goodness in God. He is good. There is no evil in him. All of his ways are good. So the fruit of goodness, one of the ways that it's defined when you think about goodness, you think about integrity, you think about um, honesty. And so honesty in a relationship is vital, if you don't have honesty in a relationship, you, you know... It, it builds trust. That's right. There's, mm-hmm. You have mistrust if mm-hmm. there's not honesty in a relationship. And so many family relationships are fractured because of dishonesty or, or kind of not being um, willing to have difficult conversations, right? Difficult conversations are so um, difficult, But they're so important. It's important to have those difficult conversations. Sometimes we shy away from them because we say we don't don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We don't want want them to be mad at us. However, it is what's going to build integrity in a relationship when we can speak the truth. And it's not just speaking the truth to get it off your chest or to try to change someone to the way you want them, but it's speaking the truth in love. And the Scripture tells us in, in Ephesians that love should always make us tell the truth. Then we will grow in every way and be more like Christ. So when we can be honest and tell the truth in relationships um, in, a, in a way of love, for love, in love, by love, and for love, then we're going to build goodness in our relationships, which Next will take us to faithfulness. faithfulness.
1: So, you know, faithfulness is being loyal and dependable and supportive, consistent in doing what one says, committed. Be able to be counted on. Keep your word. You, you show faithfulness through support, even in loss, even if it costs you. And and put in short one of the greatest attributes of faithfulness, and this is what is important to me to share with you today, is that you remain when the crap hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Don't check out. I, I don't care. You know, you, you stick it mm-hmm. out. Amen? Yeah. You stick it out with yeah. your friend. Be faithful to them no matter what. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and so then... That we, leads
1: to the next thing.
0: Which is humility. And so humility is when we can have the fruit of the Spirit in our family with humility. You know, Romans, um, Romans 12, 3 tells us not to think too highly of ourselves, right? And so again, that's our human nature. You know, some people uh, think too highly of themselves. But this is clearly, Jesus is telling us to be humble, to be gentle. And so humility is the opposite of pridefulness. And so prideful people um, in relationships, they're closed off because they think they already know everything. So then they're closed off and they're not open to learning. They're not open to growing. They're not open to hearing um, from another person. And so humility is, is also, it's not just um, not thinking of yourself as inferior but don't think of yourself as superior, too. It's it's not inferior, and it's not inferior. And somebody said it like this. Don't think less of yourself. Just think of yourself less. And so that's a great, isn't that a great one for for humility? Yes. And so then we takes us to, and Jesus was our greatest example in this, and so that will take us right to self-control. He took his humble place
1: and position as a servant, even though he was God. So it's imperative that we do that. The last but not least is Mm self-control. And when you have the fruit of the Spirit in your family, you have self-control. And uh, I love that picture about my father-in-law he's cool as a cucumber. I mean, he does not change. He knows what's going on back there because he's experienced it all. And he's just like, this is my family. Right? He always says this to me. Sean, look what we did. I started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> thinking, yeah, I
0: didn't have I think anything God, to do with or it. Well, the women
1: had a lot more to do with it than we did. <laughs> you know? Self-control is being able to keep oneself in check. It's not letting our circumstances cause us to lose control. Self-control exhibits moderation, temperance, and discipline. It's choosing under significant pressure to chase after the important instead of the urgent. Self-controlled people show restraint and are not impulsive. Hebrews 12.11 says this, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. And later on, however, for those who've been trained by it, it produces The righteousness and the fruit of righteousness and peace. Think about it a minute. Mm. It's very hard sometimes to be self-controlled. But it's a discipline. It's a discipline in your life that will bring rewards to you and your children's children's children. And my neighbor's children's children's children. Right? And there's a lot that can cause us to lose self-control in life. Okay? So just remember that. That's a, that's a gift yeah. of God. He's telling us, these are the things that I give to you through the Spirit. And these are the fruits that I grow in that process. So if you find yourself losing control, like we all do, ask God to give you that gift. I need it, Lord. I need it. I need self-control right now. Because mm-hmm. there's too much at stake here. Mm-hmm. Amen?
0: Amen. And so in closing... Um... The last part of that scripture that we read today in Galatians 5, um, it says there is no law against such things. And so meaning that we can exhibit the fruit without any limits, without any restrictions, and so we can never show too much love, we can never show too much joy, we can never show too much peace and patience and all through the line. And so So our prayer is that you would, um, that God spoke something, that there's a seed that was planted in you some way, somehow, that you can go into your relationships and that uh, God would allow you to nurture and cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in your life so that you can live the life that God truly Mm -hmm. desires for you to live. Amen. Amen?
1: Yeah, and he who has been forgiven much loves much. And Mm -hmm. if you can keep that in front, that first commandment, the fruit of the Spirit that comes that the greatest of these is love. Mm-hmm. You, will, you will walk in the fruits of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will move you to do that. Amen? Amen. Good stuff, honey. You did yeah. great. Yeah.
0: Thank
1: you. It was a privilege to be up here next to you. It always is. Always. It's a, a privilege to be in this crazy family together. <laughs> so we want to pray for the rest of our crazy family.
0: There you go. Yeah. Give us. Pray for us. All right. Right. <laughs> Father, in Jesus'
1: name. Lord, we thank you, God, for our family, our people, our peeps. Lord, we pray that uh, you would help us walk in the Spirit. We know wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom that produces all the fruits, the love, the joy, the peace in our lives, the kindness, the goodness, patience, long-suffering, self-control. We ask that you help us to be the fruitful people that you have created us to be. With all humility and self-control, we pray these things today, Lord, as you give us the power to walk as examples to glorify your Father in heaven as you have done, Lord Jesus. Bless my friends. Bless their children's children's children, their neighbors' children's children's children. In Jesus' name, amen. after the blessing we just received we we just say have a wonderful week uh, walking these things that Kathleen and Sean have spoken to us encouraged us and in, in family and continue to go about and uh, do these things of the fruit of the spirit and in every interaction that you've had that you have this week and we like to stand as we sing this to go out Lindsay will lead us the Lord bless you